This is the Up and Coming Podcast, a podcast for those wanting to enter the radio field to get tips and tricks from seasoned vets. This week we have Lynn McKenzie, the Moose, Smithers, British Columbia. Lynn, thank you so much for joining me here in studio today. Um, everyone has their start into whatever their passion is. For chefs, they might have just been cooking with their parents or for a baseball player it might be playing ball at the park doing whatever what was the thing that really got you into wanting to be a radio announcer it's interesting that you say that because i have only ever thought of it as an instant thing you know when you got the book for college and you're flipping through and you have no idea you just say huh oh radio broadcasting yeah that looks fun i'll do that but Really, the seed was much earlier as a child, growing up listening to Rick Dees, Casey Kasem, the Top 40, spending hours with a tape recorder trying to get that song. But then they talk over the intro, and you're like, no! Early pirater over here. (laughs) Right? And it's just, it connects with so many memories that it just became part of who I was without me ever realizing it. Now, of course, not everyone is able to go straight into radio most people have to go and get some other job what was that other job for you what was that other experience that you had to go through before getting into radio uh i was in retail and funny enough i thought that's where i was going to spend my career my plan was i'm going to find a place to work and i'm going to end up managing that store and that's going to be my life and it it's almost hilarious to think about how tedious and a great job great benefits if you work with people you love it's fantastic but that is not who i am in fact i was fired from retail for not being vanilla enough so (laughs) so maybe retail was not for me needed a little chocolate bean didn't you (laughs) sprinkles man it's all about the sprinkles now of course another thing with radio is nobody goes straight into it they have to go through education what was that like for you? And was there anything that you wish you could have really retained onto or any professor that you wish you could still talk to today? My college experience was a lot different than most people in the my year as well as the year previous and after me because I was the only one with children. A lot of them came right out of high school or did, you know, the one year in between. And the thing about that is when you are going to college so early, sometimes you're not really certain about what you want to be. So a lot of people are no longer in radio. Some are actually going back to college for a second time. I think she's taking an aesthetics program. <laughs> right? So, so being a little older really gave me the opportunity to really feel if this is what I want. But that's the thing about radio is even if it's not, it's such a great starting base for jumping into other careers. And it's just about the networking. There's so many great people. And I actually do talk to almost all of my professors still. <laughs> well, at least you still have that connection back to college. <laughs> they got to keep me in the loop. If I if I get rusty, they're, they're yelling at me. Don't you worry. <laughs> so after college, university, you get out. What was the first thing you did? What was the first place you went? What was your first job right out of college? It was so hard to break into radio, especially because I didn't want to move. And everybody said, oh, you're not going to go anywhere. You're never going to find a job. And it was a year and I had not had a single bite, not even an interview for the station I interned at. And they offered me my intern. I didn't 
like they were like hey will you be an intern i was like yeah oh maybe they'll want to hire me one day no no they will not want to hire me so a professor actually said to me you know what sean kelly is a great guy he's a local radio guy he really cares about developing local talent you should reach out to him so it's like hey sean can you listen to my demo and give me some advice because i have no idea what the heck i am doing or why i'm not getting in any interviews so then i went to his office and he asked me are you crazy it's, like, mm, it's radio we're all crazy <laughs> so he gave me a job it was just a, a swing shift you know evenings weekends covering when people were sick and if it wasn't for that i really never would have broken i would have given up and imagine how far i've come and how many different things i've done i almost gave up before i even got in the pool yeah you don't really want to do that it gets daunting especially after a year and the thing about it is it's just so many rejections now things are different because if you keep getting rejected you still have the ability to develop your skills by doing a podcast collaborating with other people all sorts of things which was just at the beginning in those mm -hmm. days so it wasn't really anything i was stepping into plus my experience with having my own studio mm, I, I needed somebody else to have all the technology set up for me and i just came in and pushed a button yeah definitely the technology bit of it can be real daunting i should know i've had to do produce shows before live mix set up studios it's real daunting after working at that station what was sort of your next move well, that's the thing. I was planning on staying there. I was like, oh, I'm going to become a music director and they're going to put me on salary and I'm going to get benefits. And that's not always how it goes. And I was kind of feeling like I was passed over because they brought uh, a male in from out of country at that. And then they were like, oh, we're going to cut your hours. And I might not be able to see red flags in my relationship, but I can see them in my employers. And I was just feeling not good about it. And I wanted to be somewhere where I was important, where I was essential, where I wasn't just a cog in the wheel, where I wasn't replaceable. And yeah, it sucked. But it gave me this great opportunity. I would have never left Ontario. I packed up my family and moved across the country to a beautiful place where I've gotten to really expand my skills, learn other areas of radio that I would have never gotten to before. And it really was a blessing in disguise, even though at the time I felt like, oh, you're doing me dirty. But were they? Were they when they made you have to come all the way out here and deal with me? <laughs> Uh, now I don't know what my answer is. <laughs> uh, going back, what have been some of your like biggest memories in radio? Your ups, your downs, the things that really helped define you? I really enjoy doing interviews. I got to interview Jamie Woods and Elijah Fine. And I always love it when they're like, wow, that's a good question. I haven't heard that one before because that's what they're doing, right? They're just on an interview tour and they're just going from station to station to station. And it's all the same stuff. So when you can think out of the box and really get them to think, then that is a ton of fun. And of course, I recently got to develop my own promotion. So I'm super excited to see the response to that. And of course, getting out into the community more. We're discussing starting fundraisers. So it's really exciting to step out from behind the mic and be more than just a DJ. <laughs> yes, a very stereotypical radio face DJ. Like, I hate that because really, I am not a DJ. DJs work at weddings. 
DJs deal with discs. What do you work with? You work with MP3 files. Right. And even though my, I do schedule the music, that's done before. I'm not doing things on a fly and I am so much more than just, hey, here's this song. Let's hit up the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> right. No offense to DJs. Your skill is important. Yeah. But it's not the same as my skill. Yeah, it's definitely a whole lot easier nowadays to just push a button and call it a day. <laughs> Are you talking about a DJ or an, an announcer? An announcer. <laughs> <laughs> kind of both. It works for both. It works for both. Yeah. So, of course, going back, you've, you're starting your own promotion here at, at the Moose. What have been some of your biggest radio accomplishments prior to that? <sighs> well, back in Belleville, when I got the ability to start scheduling music that felt like a huge step anytime you're expanding your skills is absolutely fabulous but it's also nice when they ask you to go out into the community and do things i really love participating in stuff the truck here in smithers because people come up and talk to you and you get a feel about how important you are to someone's day and it's just random people on the street too I was taking the kid to school and mom starts me. She goes, oh, I love listening to you in the morning. You're so perky. You're never a downer. You make me forget about everything that's going on and really get a great start to my day. And that is the kind of thing that's like, yes, I am doing my job the way I should be. And I'm super proud of the work I'm producing. So it's not necessarily a thing you do as much as a feedback you hear. And I can actually agree with that. I feel if you're going to be a radio announcer... You have to know the community. You have to get out into the community. You have to be the community. Otherwise, no one's going to listen. No one's going to like you. And well, there's a disconnect too, right? Because you're just a, a voice on the radio. You're no different than the Wizard of Oz, right? So unless you pull back the curtain and connect with the people, there's, there's never going to be that connection. You're not going to get anywhere from that. Right. So, of course, you've worked two station, uh, two companies, Vista and uh, Quinny Broadcasting. Of the people who you've met going through those jobs and even through college, who are some of the people who you will never forget? The people who, I don't know, you might turn to if you accidentally mess something up and need some advice. Oh, well, that's the thing. The producer back at Quinny Broadcasting, Rick Harrington, he is a production god. In fact, he, he did my demo for me. <laughs> he, I'm not the only one he's done a demo for. I don't know about his success rate for doing his own demos, but when he does other people's demos, he has 100% success rate of getting them a job. And I will always have that connection. And it's so great to see how they develop and change because yes rick still works in the radio industry but he's now creating a voiceover company to do commercial spots on the go and it's so exciting to see how he's still in radio but not in radio and it's just fun to watch people people's careers develop because it's so different it, it definitely and rick if you're listening uh you want to quickly whip me up a quick demo i can send you a few <laughs> you'll get a job i'm telling you rick is the man in prague oh my god these are a lot of questions that I can come up with off the top of my head. But of course, there's other experiences that someone going into radio might want to know about before going in so they can be a little bit more prepared. What are some of those experiences that you've gone through that you feel others should know to be prepared for? The key is networking, really, because you're not going to get hired because of 
your demo. You're not going to get hired because of your, you're going to get hired because of who you know. It's really a tight knit community and never trash talk anyone, never say anything bad about anybody, whether it's a previous employer or anything like that, even if it's a different industry. No, never ever say anything bad and always develop those connections. You really have to be more thoughtful about the kinds of things you post and do and say because the anonymity just isn't there. Exactly. Like, as soon as you say something, everyone knows. Especially in a small town community like Smithers, you say something, everybody in Smithers will know, like, that. And that's what the radio community is. But that's a double-edged sword. Yes, that can kill you. But it can also be very beneficial. If you connect with the right people, then when a job opening comes up, Somebody's going to be like, oh, okay, I could post this on Milkman. But you know what? I think Dave said he knows somebody named Flint that would be perfect for this role. So it all plays out because if you have already developed those connections before you even start college, it's so important to go to your local radio station and start talking to those people. And of course, if that's not what you're going to go into, if you're more thinking podcasts, Find your favorite podcasters, connect with them, get in advice, listen. It's so important. People hear things, but they're not really listening. Be willing to take advice. Be willing to get knocked down. Because even starting this podcast, I listened to uh, Drew Dalby's podcast, the Off Mic podcast, just to get a sense of like how, what a lot of other people's experiences are like, what questions to ask, this, that, and the other thing, the production just so that I can make this podcast, make it sound good, make it sound complete, and get the information that I want in. Right, because the reality of it is there are no new ideas. You just have to spin them in a new way. Yeah, I'm kind of stealing a lot of his ideas. That's what, That's radio, what radio is. But I'm going to add some advice that other radio folk might be wanting to know, might be wanting to ask. Like, you moved all the way out west. You dropped basically everything you knew back in Ontario to come out west here to come live in Smithers what was that like and do you have any advice for people going into radio and having to drop everything I think a lot of people end up doing that the only reason mine is different is because it wasn't just me right I was basically starting a career because everything that happened in Belleville was just Belleville so I was giving up everything and moving away, which is very typical for people when they graduate from radio broadcasting. You're like spiders out in the breeze, scattering all over the country. Some people even go to the States and other countries. And when you have a family, that's not so easy. So it's a lot more risky. You have to really have faith in yourself and you have to know your worth. That's the thing with everybody like, oh, don't talk about money. It's taboo. Talk about money. Talk about how much you make. Share this with others because you don't know your value if nobody is sharing what their value is. And, that, and how would you set a standard for that? Exactly. Um, on top of that, you moved out here. How long are you planning on staying? And how long do you recommend somebody staying at a station before deciding to move on? You need to stay until things get tedious. Once it just becomes part of the routine, then you really need to consider what you're doing. Do you still want to be in radio? Do you still want to be at this station? What do you need to do to really ignite the fire? Right? Because 
doing the same thing over and over and over again can get boring. That's the great thing about radio. There's so many options to get creative and spice things up with a, a new contest or different things to feature. There's so many opportunities, but you have to be aware of them and you have to realize that I'm not feeling this the way I did before and I need to move on. You need to be able to see those signs. I'm not going to progress here because I don't have the mentorship or they don't provide the skills that I want to learn, right? And you just have to be able to recognize what you want and go from there. Now, of course, moving out here, it's, it's hard on everyone having to move away from what they know. And of course, it was especially hard on you having to move with a kid, uh boyfriend those types of things are hard do you have anything to say to people who may potentially be falling into the same place that you did and when it comes to money or planning there's or only one thing and that is feel the fear and do it anyway growth is painful it hurts it's not supposed to be simple it's not supposed to be easy it's not going to be something that you're 100 percent sure of there's going to be risks there's going to be fear there's going to be doubt because that's the human nature of it but you have to rise above that feel the fear and do it anyway because if there is no pain there is no growth well wrapping things up out of everything we've talked about there's got to be something else what other advice do you have for someone entering the radio field i think it's really important to have a desire to expand your skills and even if you're thinking oh, i don't want to do a podcast those kinds of things are great for developing your skills and making connections so you really need to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable it's kind of like ripping the wax strip off your leg for the first time <laughs> <laughs> now, I would pick a more sensitive spy. It's pretty painful. Okay. <laughs> Still better than using an epilator. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in. You've given a lot of insight to not just me, but to also anyone listening. I feel I've definitely gotten to know you better, even though I've known you for over two years. <laughs> and it, for anyone listening, if you do want to see some of the notes from the podcast, because I'll keep talking to her, see if I can figure out anything else. Be sure to head over to upandcoming.ga, fabulous website that I've started to host this podcast, as well as host some resources for anyone entering the radio field. Lynn, thank you for so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It truly is an honor, and I'm super excited to see where this goes because it's really green and it's going to flourish because you're just really dedicated and have so much passion. And it's going to be exciting to see where life takes you from here.